Think about those times when you spoke with an open heart to another person about your struggles, your victories, breakthroughs, wisdom derived from your own experience. Do you ever wish you had recorded that conversation to be able to share it so that other people can also benefit from that? My name is Maggie Dobosch, Magdalena Dobosch. After 20 years of conversations just like that, I decided to experiment with this approach and actually started recording these life-inspired, deep conversations to share with you all. Because I believe we face common challenges. The first episode is about my breakup, which always means both an end and a new beginning. So the next one, don't worry, it's not going to be the same subject all the time. So I just move on and life takes me to various places and I'll bring them to those conversations. Here, in a conversation with Joyce, re-recorded that episode months ago, but now it just felt right to publish it. I think we talked about it, but like at uh, the event, but are you mostly open to sharing most things? Because for me, I'm really curious about your recent experience of moving and how you ended up to this new place. And I mean, that's just me genuinely speaking as Joyce to you, like personally. Um, but I think there's probably some insights there that could be helpful to the audience. The changes that are happening in my life, which are never stopping, basically, they, they, they never stop. They just continuously um, evolving, right? Um, I came to the point in my life after two and a half years of relationship, I came to the point where I didn't want to distort my reality any longer. So what I saw in my relationship, um, the, the behaviors, the, the attitudes, the progress or lack of progress, what I saw stopped being accepted by my myself. And I was trying to distort reality and fool myself just so I can feel okay with what is and still be with the person with whom I, I wanted to be with and tell myself, it's okay, Maggie, it's not a problem, you know, the, the way you live, it's okay, the situations that are happening are okay. But after two and a half years of doing this, I'm like, like, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. Because it was okay when I was with the person and I had belief in that distorted reality that things are okay. And when I was leaving the house, I was realizing my own perspective that my own distorted version of reality, right? Which was very different. And I was not happy. I was not happy to, to, to live in the conditions we lived in, to, to live in the current setup. I, and, and here's how much in detail do I need to go? I don't think I need to go in the detail. What is it that I didn't like, what I didn't agree with, because it's not here to, to show my partner in negative light because it's only a perspective. Somebody else would have been very happy in the setup way of living with the partner I was with, but I was not happy and I tried to be happy. I tried to tell myself the story to make myself happy. But after all that time, I just realized, no, it's not worth it. I, it cannot sustain this. I stopped believing this can work and I have to find a therapist. I don't want to carry this over to other relationships. Somehow I attract this person to my life. Somehow, even though I saw the red flags, I didn't act on them. I didn't stop myself from going into this relationship. It means I had to learn something. 
lesson unlearned compounds. I didn't want to move on to next relationship in few months from now without pulling all the learnings I have to pull from this one. And to do it in a smooth way, efficient way, I knew I need to go to therapy because I can figure the way the way out of it and figure out the, the learnings by myself, but this will take time. But the more I feel, the faster it, it this disperses. It's like, I don't block it. I don't try to, to hold myself away from memories that make me cry. I just cry. I just sit on the floor and cry thinking about the good memories that are gone. And I think this is natural and I don't want to make myself any less human or make myself go through it faster, slower. I just want this to come, whatever that is, like, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. And whatever comes, I take it and I say, okay, thank you. Bring it on, bring it on. So that's my current mindset. And it's been like that. It's been like that. And it's been like that uh, in this relationship, because I guess this is something I've learned through meditation, through Vipassana. I did 10 days of Vipassana retreats that teaches you about acceptance of sensations that come to you without judging them being bad, good. They just are coming and you are present and there's no thoughts really. You just are in the process of being. You are. I think that it is so natural. I mean, it's a survival instinct in a way. Like, you know, the, the very strong visualization I'm getting is, you know, like your boat is sinking. Most people, <laughs> many people are going to be clawing their way, trying to get back in the boat. Very few people are going to lie in the boat, enjoying <laughs> the view as their boat sinks, you know? And I think it is through a lot of practice that someone is able to kind of like observe the wreckage in a way and to just be with it. You mentioned that you were very hurt. And I guess I'm curious, like what about that situation was like most hurtful? Like what was like the, the string, like if you're an instrument or a violence, like what is the string inside of you that got like, that started singing, uh, you know, maybe that's like, a, sounds positive, but in a, maybe in a negative way, singing, being like, wow, that, that doesn't feel good to me. I am hurt by this. Like, what about it, you know? I was communicating that I am suffering, that this is in, impacting me in negative way, that I want to be with men who can look after himself, who is a provider, that I don't have to worry about his financial standing, that we can put money aside, that we can think about the future, we can have investments. Based on what he was doing, my communication was not received, was not taken on board. And that was the most painful thing, because if my partner suffers and comes to me and says, this is very painful to me, what you're doing, can you please help me and alleviate the suffering? I struggle now. Natural, natural reaction to this would be, yes, please tell me more. How do you even arrive at this state? I don't want to put you in this state again. I, I, what is it that I'm doing that causes you so much pain? Talk to me. Maybe there's something I can do. That's the natural reaction of partner to partner when you don't know that your partner suffers and then they come to you and they tell you, look, it hurts me. I suffer. Can you please help me? Right? I didn't want to give him ultimatums like that. I don't think this would be 
right to to even be to, to say something like this to your partner to try to force them in this way i think there's a threatening by the sense of loss that they will have the moment i leave their relationship if you won't get the job i will leave you who the hell tries to motivate someone in this way nobody would need to be motivated in this way as a as a good partner you would basically listen to the communication about your action causing pain to your partner you don't need extra motivation on the top of that why would you do this why would you need more motivation than this so you still don't know you still do you feel like you understand where he's coming from even now or do you still feel like he never tried to express or you never got to a point of understanding i understand where this all comes from but i don't agree that what he's been doing is the right thing for partner that i want to be with because i want to be with the partner who will act on the communication if i suffer they will not let me do it and say hey what you're doing is like you're causing me you, you hold on to my arm so tightly that it actually hurts me can you please take off your hand off my arm it's it's crushing me this is that kind of feeling you have and the person still holds on to you and crushes your arm. That's how it feels emotionally. That's, that's the metaphor. I understand his reasons, but regardless of the reasons, there's, there's no right reason for holding on to the grip of the person. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you think you did the wrong thing by staying for two years, as if it's like too long of a time. And I guess like, what would have been the alternative situation? It's like you would have left right away in six months or one year, you know, like what could have been different? Yeah, you're right. You're right that I feel bad about me not acting when I saw the red flags, that I let myself to, to be in that dire situation where I had to move out because I couldn't take it any longer. Why did I need to wait until then? So there is like that self-inquiry. Why did I need to let myself to that edge to, to leave rather than leaving way sooner? But I think this is the learning that I needed to take from, from this relationship. And I don't think I could make it any shorter. I think I did the right thing and it took two and a half years. And the two and a half years, it was a was wonderful time and lots of things changed during that time and, and COVID happened. I had one job, no job, the other job, no job, new job again, a new country. I changed the country and there's progress and there's massive development on my side. It's just not development on the side of the relationship on this is not necessarily not much development on, on his side, but I know that from his perspective, he considers his himself to progress and develop as well because of us being together and him being so happy. But the relationship stagnated. We, we never progressed past girlfriend, boyfriend. We, we were not engaged, married, whatever, right? You were giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know, through that whole experience, you know, like you wanted to trust that things would change. It's probably a, a very admirable trait of yourself that you are willing to wait and expect the best and to compromise because I don't know. On the other hand, if you had been like, oh, it's three months in, you're not doing anything, I'm leaving, <laughs> you know, maybe that's a red flag too. 
However, when you said, you know, it's three months now, you don't do anything, I'm out of here, and that being a red flag, imagine now you know my background, my backstory, how I learned things to realize it's time to, to leave it way sooner. Maybe now if I do it after three months of dating someone and I notice hmm, whatever he says, there's no there's no demonstration of what he's declaring in the actions, then I would not need more than three months or four months, right? And maybe then it will not be a red flag because I spent two and a half years compromising and giving the, the benefit of a doubt, you call it. I call it distorted reality. I was, I was falsifying what I was seeing. I saw things not being right and I stayed with them. Yeah, you didn't see what was reality in a way or your perception of what was reality after analyzing it in post, right? It was, I, I saw those things. I just didn't want to believe in that, my own version of reality. He, his version was more enticing. I preferred to look at the things from his perspective. I had 18, if not 20 reasons why I distorted my reality because my therapist asked me, Maggie, write down what are all the benefits, what are all the, all the positive, how did it serve you? All the positive reasons why you distorted your reality. But does that help, you think? You think writing those down and talking about it, is it going to help in your next relationship, you think? Of course, because you're not going to be driven by something you're being aware of. When I dissociate myself out, when I step out of it and say, this is the thing I was doing, then I can draw a line. I can say, yes, I was doing it in the past relationship. But now when I see something, I'm not going to pretend I don't see it just so that I can feel better about my reality. I think not being able to see the reality is a surface symptom of like something core and it could show up in a lot of different ways. And the reason I say, you know, like the game whack-a-mole, you're trying to like hit the mole and then you realize, oh, it pops up somewhere else. Oh, it pops up somewhere else. And I've experienced it myself is just, and there are probably ways that I still experience it that I can't see because it is still, there's something core inside of me that leads to this surface symptom of like wanting to deny a reality. So I guess that's what I'm wondering about is like, do you feel like that is, it's enough to say, oh, this is a reality I know I have this tendency and I guess that's really all you can start from is to recognize the symptoms and then kind of trace your way back to what the core reason is that you do that, right? I agree with you that it is a surface symptom and there's something deeper underlying this and the practice of looking at the, how does it serve you that you distort reality? This homework that I got gave me 20 reasons why this is serving me and each of those can help me to get to the core i possibly already captured some deeply rooted deep rooted stuff either in my past my my upbringing what is it right and those things can be addressed with the therapist and when i did that homework the therapist asked me which of those spoke louder to you than others I couldn't really come up with the answer in that moment because I was 
I needed to step away from it and ponder this question and look at it over a period of few days from different perspectives, different resources, when I'm rested. And then I can dig into it and find the source and pattern. And then ask the therapist, hey, actually, one of those reasons was such that I want to discuss this and this. But I agree, this is just the beginning of the process and I am not going to leave it there. I'm not going to, oh, oh, this is what I do. I distort reality. That's how I am. No, of course, first, let's, let's start from the point that we all distort reality because we apply filters. And the, so there's no such thing as, as reality, really, because that must have been the pure sensations you get by being in the moment with no thoughts, no ego, no desires. And this is something you can have um, nirvana when you meditate for long enough. It's more about what reality is mine, my, my distortion through the set of my principles and my values what's the reality of the person i'm with their way of looking at things do i feel disagreement internally or it sits right with my values and it sits right with my principles and even though we distort reality in our own ways we agree there are common commonalities of those distortions so he sees it through similar values. It's crazy that I could have been with someone whose version of reality was so far from mine. And my self-inquiry is, why did I let myself to be with someone whose reality was so distant from mine? And I tried to bend and adapt to his way of seeing. Whereas I know what's right for me, it's right for me and I should not compromised to that degree and for that long. That's a really slippery slope though, because I think that relationships are about compromise, at least in my worldview, right behind my filter. And, but there's always a line at which you ask yourself, what compromise is too much compromise? And at what point am I being affected? Is my integrity as a person being affected? Um, but I think compromise in itself is not a bad thing, right? Um, if anything, it helps two people who are very different and will always be very different. I think people are just very different and will see things differently. And so compromise is this beautiful thing that allows people for a moment to come together and decide and make a choice to stay together. And it seems like maybe in this case, you compromised a lot more than him which is maybe where the unevenness comes from, you know, or maybe he compromised in other ways that made you feel like, oh, this is okay. You know, you said compromise. It's what relationships are about. People adjust and that's how they can be together because they compromise. The, the question is, what do you compromise? And is it, is it your values? Is it your integrity? Is it uh, for how long you've been doing it? There's so many factors to those compromises. And yes, one of those things is, is it equal? Is it comparable? Like, do you feel like you're compromising your comfort to be with someone, you move to a new country, uh, you look for a job, you are new on the market, you have challenges as a invader of the new land, or you are the immigrant, you are here to grab our jobs. And it's a natural response from, uh, from societies because everybody will try to, you know, protect their own wealth, good, and whoever comes in is like, what do you want from us? It's ours, right? 
So I understand it's a, it's a challenge, it's difficult on my part when I'm changing the country. The question is what the other person was willing to compromise. Was he willing to play less golf, for example? And that was the compromise he was making. And for him, that was a lot that he played not four times a week or three times a week. He played once a week because he wanted to spend time with me. And then his perception might be he was compromising so much. And from my perceptions, like, come on. So standards. And, and from my standards, what I was compromising and I was asking, hey, can you also put yourself outside of the comfort zone and, and look for the jobs, look for the opportunities, look for the new flat. And it was not welcomed. It was not taken. This, this request for, hey, show me what you are willing to, to do, to, to what, what you are going to do. I, I moved here. I find a job. It's my second time coming to this country and second time looking for, for the job. I failed the first time after seven months. I didn't make it. I find the job in the UK and move back. And, and, and second time I, I made it. He helped me. It was amazing that I always had his support, but it was not equal as how much I could put into it to make it work and how much he was willing to put into it to make it work. I mean, it sounds like what you're, what you were asking him is the question, do you love me and how much? And you wanted to see that. It wasn't about love here. It was not about, do you love me and how much it is? I know you love me and I love you too. I know you love me a lot and I love you a lot too. But now we talk about this. What are you willing to do to make this work? Because there will be challenges and I need to be with a strong partner, someone who is as strong as me or stronger. And if you are not the partner who is willing to pull, to pull the weight, I don't think this can work. So please show me what you've got. Look at me. If you can match this, this can, this can continue. If you cannot match this or exceed this, well, I don't think this is sustainable. So you value that a lot in yourself, but also your partner, this willingness to do the uncomfortable things. Yes. There are basically discomforts that I'm willing to, to experience because there's a higher value of delivering. And I want to be with someone who is equally capable of doing those things, especially when we talk about being together in life. My expectation from being in relationship is meeting someone with whom I can create, I can build, I can rely on someone who is as strong as me or stronger so I can learn from him and, and grow myself further. That's a very strong narrative in me. I wouldn't be happy in relationship where there's dissonance, there's a mismatch between my partner and me, and I'm doing well in life in many aspects and he's not, and he's okay with it. I don't think this, this will be a good match. I want someone who's doing well in his life and wants more. Do you feel like you, you always knew that about yourself? And in some ways it was like a bait and switch. Like you thought he was very strong in his career and all of these things. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, <laughs> he's not who I thought he was or. Exactly. That was that, that thing. I believed that he is that partner that I can be equal with in terms of what we are capable of doing to get things done, to make things work. 
and that there will be ongoing learning and inspiration and exchange, communication and trust and transparency. I wanted all of those things and I believed I have them until I was proven wrong over time, over time. Yes, it took me two and a half years. Perhaps now I will need less time to realize those things, but I wanted to believe in this and I saw his potential. Potential. You can see potential of the people, but you have no control if they will ever tap into their potential. You wanted to see the potential. I mean, we, I think we all do, but like you said, it was serving you in some way, right? And that's what you're kind of discovering for yourself now. I'm somehow needed to be where I am today. And it feels like there's no anger or resentment after two and a half years. There's gratitude and and lots of wonderful memories. And I think this is what I want to keep and, and move on. <laughs>